0: what your new commander's front office could look like organizationally and some more prime candidates for the open positions that we expect to come open at the end of this week that and more on today's episode of locked on commanders your
1: daily podcast on the washington commanders part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: and welcome into this episode of locked podcast covering the Washington Commanders Park Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you're listening to this podcast, and you can continue this conversation by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Join the Locked Insiders and you'll get news, inside scoops, exclusive content delivered directly to your phone, including command huddles, which I will be dropping later Saturday afternoon, an insider exclusive mailbag conversation piece, uh, whatever you want to consider it. It's basically 20 to 30 minutes of additional content that you get outside the normal structure of the Locked On Commanders podcast. One-on-one conversations with me via text message. Again, go to join com slash locked on commanders to become a commanders insider today. That stuff will be coming all off season long. I've actually just gotten some some film plugs for the collegiate game setup. So we will be doing some NFL draft prospect film studies. Very excited to bring that to the Lock Insiders as well. I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media, covering your Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com and part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. I'm here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, appreciate your continued support for the program. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com. Locked on NFL, that's LinkedIn.com slash Locked NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. On today's episode, we are going we are going to identify three keys to a commander's upset win over the Dallas Cowboys in week 18. I know some of you don't want to see it, but some of you also do want to see it. And certainly the team wants to see it. But first, there have been some developments uh, on the coach and general manager fronts that could give us some signs and signals into how this thing is going to go down once it goes down. Uh, with josh harris navigating the ship because at the end of the day uh you know i i understand and i think we all have to understand the history of this franchise and some of the decisions that have been made but josh harris really deserves a clean slate like he is not responsible for decisions that have been made he is responsible for the decisions that will be made uh you know and look some people are not happy that ron rivera hasn't been fired before the end of the season so certainly that is a josh harris decision so we can start there if you if you really want to but at the end of the day, not firing Ron Rivera midseason is not going to tank this organization. As far as those who want to see Eric Bieniemy get kind of a test run as the head coach, uh, I've said it before every day. As you've heard me say this, I'm going to say it again. He is being evaluated. Like He has been evaluated since before he was hired, since the day he entered the building. He is being evaluated. He's running the schedule. He's running his own part of the team. Uh, a lot of this has to do with how a coach interacts with the other parts of the organization. How they manage, how they lead, how their personality works with the organizational structure. So all of those things from Eric Bieni have been getting evaluated this entire season. So don't have any you know real concerns over whether or not uh, he's being evaluated, right? So, but the question really has been, how is this organization going to be structured? And of course, there were reports coming out that Josh Harris had a lot of envy, uh, or you know, had a lot of respect for the way the Baltimore Ravens have done things. And so, if you look at them, then the expectation then becomes. You're going to have a head coach who is a coach, which means that his both arms, both both hands, both arms up to the elbows, whatever, are fully immersed in the football side of things, getting the team ready, schemes, game plans, coaches, players, all that stuff. And then a true general manager whose job it is with along with their staff to then manage the budget, the salary cap, talk about trades, talk about contracts, re-signing, not signing, uh, th- things like that staffing a practice squad. And of course, in theory, what you want is you want a tandem, a head coach and a general manager. One may work for the other and all that. That's fine. But what you want is a group, a duo that is on the same page. You know, what you don't want is a general manager that drafts, I don't know, say a nose tackle out of Washington and a coach that uses him as a three-tech defensive tackle, which isn't really where he's strongest. And then, you know, eventually you hire a coach that uses him as a nose tackle. And all of a sudden he becomes one of the best in the NFL named Vita Vea. So that's kind of what you want to avoid is a GM head coaches don't seem to be on the same page. So what is the structure going to look like? Well, coach Ron Rivera actually gave us some insight into that this week. He was asked if he thinks he was asked a lot about his time here in Washington. Again, a lot of the questions are kind of loaded with, you know, the, the tones of you're not going to be here anymore. And some of these are like exit interview type questions uh, and things like that. But Basically, was asked if he thinks he could have coached more than he could have managed the organization. Like he has had to for the majority of his time with Washington had the current ownership group been present uh, during his four years in Washington. And coach Vera said, quote, well, based on what I look at what they plan to do, I believe it's really going to be the separation of the coaching and personnel. I mean, it'll be separate. And I think it's, it's going to be a really, it's going to be really good. End quote. So that right there basically tells you that Ron Rivera is in conversation with the ownership about their future plans. Rivera also mentioned that he's very appreciative of the experiences that he's had with Washington, but he does feel that a true GM and head coach split is really key to a successful organization. Uh, And every day, as we've kind of talked about this over the years, I am in the same boat, right? Uh, To me, that that seems like a no-brainer. When everything is a priority, nothing is a priority. So if you have a head coach who's also focused on managing the draft strategy and managing the roster and doing all these things and 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 talking about contracts and talking with agents, but also talking with his coaches. Like, if you make everything a priority, nothing becomes uh, a priority. It forces autonomy in your coordinators. Like we always we ask the question almost every year of why didn't Ron Rivera get involved earlier in a struggling offense, struggling defense, whatever it is, struggling team as as a whole. That is the reason why. And you know, could he have gotten involved earlier anyway? Possibly. You know, potentially, certainly. But the bottom line is when his attention is split between being the general manager and being the head coach and for the first three years being the politician who's trying to, to soothe the waters around the organization, there's just no way he can put all of his attention into any of it. And I think that's why you end up having such a struggling organization. Uh, there's also a lack of a unified front. You basically have three coaches running a third of the operation. You got your offensive of coordinator who's running his offense over here and uh, Completely autonomous from what the defense is doing, the defense is autonomous from what the offense is doing. Both of them are really kind of separate from what the coach is doing. And the coach is basically trusting both of them. Hey, go do your thing. So I gotta go talk about this scandal. I gotta go talk to this agent about this contract. I gotta go think about these roster moves. Like it's just it's just a lot of people being spread way too thin. On a smaller scale, it's also why I don't like head coaches that call the plays for one side of the ball. It splits your attention, right? We see it right now with Ron Rivera calling the defense. Eric Bianomi is obviously running his offense. Well, if the offense is struggling, Ron Rivera doesn't really have a whole lot of time or op- opportunity to say, hey, this is what I see. This is what I think needs to happen. Uh, he caught a little bit of flack before the 49ers game. He was asked a question about the San Francisco 49ers defense, and he basically said, look, I've been focused on the defense. I haven't really watched a lot of Nick Bosa, Chase Young, on that defense of what they look like, to be quite honest with you. That's more of an error question. Well, that's the reality of it. When you're coordinating your own defense as a head coach, that's where your attention is. And when your offense is on the field, You can't be tuned into what your offense is doing, because if you are, nobody's making the adjustments to your defense. Or if people are making adjustments to your defense, you're not there. And if they're not making the right adjustments, they go on the field, you're calling plays for for adjustment A. Your coach has installed adjustment B. It's just it's just uh, the the opportunity for chaos is just there far too often. Now, a lot of head coaches in today's NFL call their own play. So I feel like this is going to be a conversation that we talk about. Uh, A lot moving forward. It's like to me, it's like conducting an orchestra while you're also playing first chair. Just it's it's too hectic to me. Uh, The other side of this is, I find it hard to believe that Coach Rivera is having conversations with the ownership group about how they want to structure the front office moving forward, but his future is not part of it. Every time he gets asked about his future specifically, he says, "I don't know what's coming. I don't know what's happening. I haven't been told. I Haven't been told this." Um, And you know, I think you know, I mean, do you want to tell the media four weeks beforehand that you're getting fired at the end of the year? No. So I so I get it. You know what I mean? But let's just understand and read between the lines if he's talking to josh harris and this group about their future plans he's talking to them about their future plans that includes or does not include him uh they may not have come that far uh they may not have to go too far either to find the prime gm head coach combination that fits their strategy moving forward that according to some speculation from our friends over the washington post and the athletic and if it comes to fruition I'll be getting about half of what I want right now. And you know what? I'll take that if I can get it. That's coming up next on today's episode of Lockdown Commanders, part of the On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the exact same question. What's the one move that I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place for you to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses write LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats that it might not have the time or the resources to do the hiring. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
0: Thanks again for making Locked On Commanders your first listener, first view today and every day, every dayers. Thanks for coming through. Make sure you come back Sunday evening. I will be going live from FedEx Field following the final game of the Washington Commanders 2023 NFL season, a home contest against the Dallas Cowboys. In the meantime, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every single league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports twenty four seven streaming channel. Coming into our second segment here on Locked On Commanders, according to Washington Post reporter Nikki Jabala, uh, Nikki has put together a list of coaching candidates that she has uh, kind of eyeballed, and two of them, or one of them, has stood out along with a candidate from another friend of ours. And that person is Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, who is one of her targets again for the presumed coaching vacancy coming up here for the Washington Commanders uh, after this weekend. Now, Mike McDonald might sound familiar uh, because obviously a lot of people have been talking about it, but also here on the episode or on the show every day, as you know, that when we did our coaching candidate, GM candidate, uh, top trio, I did a list of three each. I think Nikki went to about six or seven candidates. Uh, I did my top three as I see it right now. Uh, again, more study, more research has to be done. But for now, um, I gave you kind of my top three, Eric B. Was one of them in there more so, if not anything else, just he's been with the organization. He deserves a crack uh, at interviewing for the position, certainly. But Ben Johnson of the Detroit Lions, the offensive coordinator there has certainly been a hot topic, a hot name on the in the conversation. Um, And then you have a defensive coach in Mike McDonald with the Baltimore Ravens uh, potentially coming out of there. So Nikki identifies Mike McDonald as a candidate on her list as well. And of course, he's right down the road, right? Baltimore, uh, the Baltimore Ravens Stadium and, and FedEx Field, Washington Commanders Home Stadium, not that far Apart from each other, in fact, if you're driving uh, from the west part of of, of, from west of each stadium to each stadium, you're going to see Andrews Air Force Base exits uh, before you get to either one. So that's how kind of close they really are to each other. Now, what's interesting about Mike McDonald as a potential candidate is the potential candidates of general managers, Ben Standig of the Athletic, friend of the show, a good buddy of mine from the beat. He also has tagged Ravens director of player personnel, Joe Horitz, as a potential game manager or game manager general manager candidate. I believe Joe was also a name that we brought up as well. Wasn't identified as my top candidate. I'll get a little bit more into that here. Why uh, or why here in a minute. But Joe Horitz, certainly a guy that comes from, obviously, a very successful organization with the Baltimore Ravens. A lot of the reasons you like Mike McDonald are a lot of the reasons you like Joe Horitz. And why these two candidates stand out among the rest is because when you look at Josh Harris, and you look at this thought process, especially like I said, Coach Rivera basically coming out and saying that his understanding of the plan moving forward is to have a dedicated GM, a dedicated coach, instead of having a coach slash GM uh, that's trying to do all of it and spread himself super thin and and all those things. The Baltimore Ravens run their organization exactly like that. They have a dedicated general manager whose job it is to build, construct, manage the roster uh, and the salary cap through staff and. And all that stuff and they have a coach in john harbaugh whose job it is to take that roster take that uh take the talent that they're able to bring through the draft free agency all that stuff and turn them into a consistent playoff uh competitor super bowl contender uh and they've done it; they've been very successful in it so obviously you want to tap into some of that mojo uh going on there in baltimore if you look at the the baltimore ravens aussie aussie Newsom. Was the general manager for the Baltimore Ravens from 1996 when the, when the team even began in Baltimore uh, to 2018 when he retired. His final first-round draft pick of his career was quarterback Lamar Jackson. Now, they had two first-round picks that year, tight end Hayden Hurst, uh, who, you know, look, I know he hasn't been doing a lot of things, you know, with the Carolina Panthers after leaving Baltimore, but I thought he was a pretty solid, you know, piece. Uh, not, not better than Mark Andrews by any means, but I thought he was a pretty solid piece. And then, of course, Lamar Jackson, uh, potential MVP this year, has already been an MVP once. Uh certainly, you know, Ozzie Newsom leaving that organization in a good way. But since since he left in 2018, uh, it's been Eric DaCosta. He has been the general manager and Baltimore's r- relationship between the GM and the head coach, to my understanding, has not changed. Now, I've reached out to Kevin Ostreicher of Locked On Ravens to ask for more clarification on that. So we'll get that from him as soon as we can. But up to this moment, my understanding is even with Eric DaCosta coming in, it's not like John Harbaugh, has just taken over the reins. And Eric now works for John and and all this stuff. But I think what's really important here is the relationship between GM and head coach in Baltimore. And this is something that Daniel Jeremiah, who used to be a scout for the Baltimore Ravens for a period of time, uh, has talked about several times on his own programming, Move the Six podcast and on NFL Network is, it's a cohesive thing. It's not just, uh, I shop for the groceries, you make the meal, make the meal, I shop for you. And it's not the coach saying, hey, GM, I don't care what you think, you're gonna take this guy. It's a cohesive operation. And a lot of people out there say, well, of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? Well, I'm telling you right now that you would be surprised at how many operations are not actually that cohesive. I go back. I mean, I I made a veiled uh, reference to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and general manager Jason Light, when he was working with uh, head coach Dirk Cutter. You look at Jason Light's draft history. And again, that's an organization where the coach coaches, the GM builds the roster. You look at the pieces that Jason Light is bringing in to his to the team. And you have a guy like Vita Vea coming in who's most suited to be an odd front nose tackle. And at the time, Dirk Cutter and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're running an even front defense. So you have a guy like Vita Vea who's basically filling, you know, call it the Deron Payne role, uh, but he's not that type of player. Now you fast forward a little bit, Dirk Cutter gets fired. They bring in Bruce Arians. They bring in Todd Bowles, who's an odd front, more of an attacking type of defensive coordinator. And all of a sudden, Vita Vea is a nose tackle. And now his career has really flourished because now – who the GM is, is drafting matches what the coach is coaching. So it's just a really interesting dynamic. And, you know, you would love to say that every coach, every GM is going to work together, but that's just not how the way this works because, uh, I mean, in large part, both guys have been told, look how smart you are. Look how great you are. Look how genius you are. You know exactly what you're doing all the way up to that point. So if they have this other guy who, who sees it differently, they don't necessarily want to get along with each other. Well, here, if you have uh, a, someone who – a coach that comes from the Baltimore Ravens organization – a personnel director that comes from the Baltimore Ravens organization. They've obviously worked together. There's obviously been a lot of success. They've also obviously grown up under the same roof, same umbrella, uh, same tactics of of how to make this thing work. They should, you would assume, be able to be on the same page. So there's advantages in that familiarity between the two candidates because they both know the secret sauce that has made Baltimore so competitive for for so many years. Even when they had uh, Lamar Jackson miss five games last year, they still finished second in their division. Uh, they're a double-digit win team and all those things. Now, there there's some, also some advantages in bringing in two new names from two new places. So, you know, Mike McDonald from Baltimore and potentially assistant GM Adam Peters from San Francisco 49ers, who was my top pick uh, so far on my top three, because they're both coming from successful organizations. They both have tips and tricks from both of those houses. And so they come together. And again, if they're willing to work together and truly work together. And then they learn from each other, they take tips from each other, and they build something that's similar to where each of them came, but also new uh, in its entirety. So there's advantages to both. And I'll tell you right now, if if they were to bring in Mike McDonald and uh, Joe Horace from the Baltimore Ravens, I wouldn't be mad at it at all. I'm not going to sit here and pout because I didn't get exactly what I wanted. If they were bringing Adam Peters, the assistant GM from the 49ers, maybe, say, a Bobby Slowick, who's the offensive coordinator in Houston, came from the 49ers organization. And so now you have that familiarity there. Granted, a year apart, but you still have that familiarity. You know, Bobby Slokes, not my main head coaching pick, but I'm not going to be mad. not going to throw a fit about that anyway. Or either, what about Eric bien Well, according to Cam Marino, uh, former NFL analyst for USA Today, who is apparently still pretty plugged in, uh, he tweeted out, quote, Source, Commander's OC Eric bien is expected to be on the Falcons' immediate short list if they have a head coaching vacancy at the end of the season, end quote. Now, the important part there is, uh, if they have a head coaching vacancy, right? Arthur Smith's future, certainly up in the air. If the Atlanta Falcons miss the playoffs, uh, which it looks like they're going to, they need the Buccaneers to lose, and they got to beat the New Orleans Saints in order to clinch the NFC South division. The Buccaneers play the Carolina Panthers, worst team in the NFL. So, you know, it's likely that that's not going to happen. If Arthur Smith's future is not with the, with the NFC South, not with the Atlanta Falcons, and They have an opening. Eric Bianchi potentially comes in there. Certainly would be a sexy pick. Uh, remember, you know, this is or sexy move. This is a team that tried to trade for Deshaun Watson, and they failed to do that. Um, team owner Arthur Blank, he's 81 years old. He knows that his clock is to win a Super Bowl, is starting to run out. So you see a coach with all that Super Bowl pedigree and, and all those things, and what he was able to do uh with Sam Howell, at least for a short period of time before Sam got shell-shocked and essentially escaped into his own shell. Uh, you know, it, it certainly could make sense. And again. Don't expect the Washington Commanders to fire Eric Bieniemy. So even if Ron Rivera is fired, I don't expect really all of his coaches to get fired uh, on the same day. In fact, ownership could keep could decide to keep all of the non decision makers in place until they hire some decision makers. Let the new GM, let the new head coach make those decisions on their own. Uh, unless there are guys that they just know, you know, like there may be a coach or two that are just loyal to Ron and we're going with Ron. So you fire me, uh, or you fire him, you fire me just like they did with Brent Pieselmeyer when they fired Jack Del Rio. Of course, the team. Right now, is focused focus on one more game. They got the Dallas Cowboys coming into FedEx Sunday afternoon. Three keys to victory in that game coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. What are some things that you want to keep the same about yourself or your life in 2024? Where are you already crushing it? Think opposite of New Year, new you. Maybe you finally organized that one part of your space, and now you want to tackle another one. Or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning, and now you want to actually eat breakfast on top of it. Therapy helps you identify your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes for yourself that will really stick. So if you want to build on an already solid foundation and not just tear yourself down to try and rebuild once again, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. The Washington Commanders played the Dallas Cowboys Sunday at 425 p.m. Eastern time at FedEx Field. Catch every snap of the Commanders hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the Sirius XM app. Just search Commanders and while you're there, you might hear a familiar voice during the game. We've gone over uh, a lot of things about the Washington Commanders, obviously most of it based on the future. But looking at today, uh, and I don't mean today as in Friday or Saturday. Saturday is when I'm actually doing this episode. Apologize for the lateness. Insiders, you already know this, but. I got a whole lot of sick people in my house that I'm trying to take care of. And we got snowfall and everything else. Fortunately, I have not caught the bug yet. Fingers crossed uh, that continues not testing positive for anything uh, so that I don't have to miss uh, this final game of the season. But uh, we're going to get this episode in and we've got three keys to victory, as we always do. For those of you who do want to see the Washington Commanders win, which I know there are a good amount of you who actually want to see the Washington Commanders win this game against the Dallas Cowboys. One, because you always want to see your team win. Look, it's the last time you're going to see your favorite team play again until August. You know what I mean? So soak it in, soak it up as much as you can. Uh, And it's the Dallas Cowboys, man. And who doesn't hate the Dallas Cowboys? So uh, key number one, clean quarterback play, right? This is two weeks in a row. And I'm going to keep it here on purpose. I'm going to keep it here for a reason because, again, when this team has clean quarterback play, they're competitive. And and you go back to some of these games, you know, like the Chicago Bears. You know, look, I don't put that on Sam Howell. I put that on the defense. Uh, The Buffalo Bills certainly is a Sam Howell game. Defense certainly uh held up, you know, for a good amount of time before they ultimately faltered, but you can't blame them for ultimately faltering in, in those types of situations. So there have been a, a mixed bag of you know, games that you put on the quarterback, games that you put on the defense. But ultimately, most NFL teams are going to be competitive if they can keep uh the quarterback play clean. And that's what you want to see from Sam Allen this last opportunity. You know what I mean? It's one more shot, it's one more chance. There's nothing on the line, man. There's nothing, there's nothing in the game, but because of that, there's almost not a lot to lose, right? So it's an opportunity for Sam Howell to come out, just play loose, you know, play like you're in love with the game again. You know what I mean? Do those kinds of things. And hopefully we get to see Sam Howell do that and keep the Washington Commanders competitive in this one. Key number two, run the ball. Uh, not just because the weather is bad. I mean, I'm, I'm looking outside my window right now and it's snowing. Uh, you know, the field's probably going to be a little bit wet. Uh, the ball's going to be wet, all those things. But run the run the ball, man. Brian Robinson is one of the best uh, rushing averages in the National Football League. Eric Bionni mentioned it himself, that they have a really good rushing average per carry. Um, uh, but the, you know, run the ball, dude. Like, just run the ball more. Um, Brian Robinson season high nineteen carries of this season. That came in week one. He is not He his season high came in week one. Like, things are supposed to expand after the first week, not decrease. Especially for your your most effective player. And I've said it time and time again every day, as you've heard me. Brian Robinson has been the most effective player on this offense all season long. Give him the ball. Let's see him get twenty carries just once this year. You know what I mean? And honestly. Uh, if you're a Falcons fan and, and Eric B it's it's tired out there. I don't know, man. Bijan Robbins and Tyler Algier, like that might be might be bad news for those of you who have those guys in your dynasty leagues. Although B Rob was still a fairly solid running back in fantasy uh, circles. He was on my roster all season long. Key number three, keep the score down. You know, again, you want that, that clean quarterback play. Part of getting clean quarterback play is keeping the pressure off of him. That's not just pressure from the offensive line. It's not just pressure from him making smart decisions. It's pressure from the scoreboard If the scoreboard starts to climb on the opposite side very quickly. uh, That pressure is going to ramp up. And that's where you might see Sam Howell kind of force some things, hold some things, press some things. uh, And certainly things could go South in a heartbeat. So clean quarterback play, run the ball with Brian Robinson. Let's see him get 20 carries a new season high to end the season. Keep the score down. Uh, Look, injury report. A lot of these guys are not playing. Most of the guys that didn't play last week are not playing this week. Also Jonathan Allen, not playing this week. So, Uh, The question has been circulating, have we seen the last of Jonathan Allen in a Washington Commanders uniform? That is something that I will be talking about with my insiders on our command huddle insider only exclusive mailbag that drops on Saturday. So if you want to catch that, this episode's going up first. You got time to sign up, get into the insider club, join subtext.com slash locked on commanders, become an insider. And as soon as you do, or almost as soon as you do, you'll likely get that text from me. The link would be if you join after the fact, let me know that you weren't in. And I'll, I'll get you that link anyway, and you'll be able to see that. Coming up next, I'm going live from the Washington Commanders, last game of the season from FedEx Field after they play the Dallas Cowboys. In the meantime, if you got questions or comments, throw them in the YouTube comment section. Or again, text me directly by going to joinsubtext.com slash locked on commanders. As always, thanks for making locked on commanders your first listen of the day. Every day, thank you again for coming through on a regular basis like you do. Thanks so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind. If you're in the DMV, drive safe. See you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 14. team, have a day.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.